Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the Community Radio Network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys, and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate, and small business owner. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome to Small Biz Matters here in the new brand Schminey's Banking Studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. I'm still getting used to the microphone and everything that goes with it. We are very proud to welcome uh, Kate Carnell to the program again today. We've got an ongoing collaboration with the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman through regular updates uh, from Aspifio, talking all about the way that she advocates for and supports small business. There's a hell of a lot going on in the world of small business right now. It's in topsy-turvy, but we're really grateful to have an advocate such as Kate Carnell at the helm helping drive policy, helping drive, well, everything really. Um, She's whispering in the ears of politicians. She's hearing us out and making sure that she's working with a whole lot of other groups and um, bunches of small businesses to really understand what we're going through. So today we've got some great updates. We're going to be talking about the insolvency changes and access to funding for small business. We're going to be talking about the Australian business growth fund and how small businesses access this resource and the latest update on the business funding guide which includes further improvements thanks to all the learnings of COVID and the changes to trading conditions and practical how-to pathways to become financially fit. Kate, welcome to the brand new studio of Triple H. It's great to have you. Hi, Alexi. Um, So the studio that I was in when I was actually face-to-face last time is no longer there. It is no longer. It has been ripped apart and uh, through a whole stack of volunteering hours and some very sweaty people, uh, we now have moved everything into this new studio. So we're in the process of rebuilding and very proud to say that Small Biz Matters is the very first live show to be broadcasting from the new studio. Fantastic. So thank well you for done. joining Congratulations. me. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, a, it's, it's certainly a testament to, um, to volunteering, isn't it, community radio stations? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about these laws because there's, um, the insolvency laws is something, for instance, that small business really needs to be conscious of. Um, it's yeah. coming up and it's going to affect a lot more businesses than it has in the past. So let's qu- do a quick overview and um, what's changing that small business needs to know about. Look, okay, and I will make it a quick overview, but these are the biggest changes in insolvency law in Australia, you know, for forever, really. And what it moves away from is a one-size-fits-all, what we'd call creditor-in-possession approach uh, to a more flexible debtor-in-possession approach. What that means is that under these, uh, these changes, and they are for small businesses and they are for businesses with a total debt of less than... A million, a million dollars, but you know that's over seventy-five percent of of insolvencies are in that space. So it's for those those sorts of sorts of businesses. And what it means is that instead of a scenario where you'd call in a voluntary administrator and then lose control over your business totally, they'd take over, and then almost always liquidation happens at some point. There's a, a new approach where you can bring in a small business restructuring practitioner. And the idea here is to try to turn around businesses to give them time to restructure their business and to trade through it. There's sort of bits of the US um, um, Chapter 11 process uh, in this. So you can pull in a small business restructuring practitioner. There's 20 days between you and you stay in charge of running your business and this um, restructuring practitioner to put together a plan 
So you get 20 days to put together the plan. The plan then needs to be put to um, um, your creditors. Your creditors have got about 15 days to uh, to respond. And let's be fair, uh, and more than 50% have to agree to your restructuring plan. Um, so it's quite a quick process um, and hopefully um, they'll agree. And they should agree because if, or if processes continue usually unsecured creditors get almost nothing, you know, five cents in the dollar, that sort of stuff. So, you know, they should they should agree if the plan's half decent. The plan also in, uh, includes how much the uh, the turnaround or the, uh, the restructuring practitioner is paid, which is another complaint we get. If it's not possible to turn around the business, then it goes, it will, it will go into administration, but the process will be really quite quick in comparison, it's you know it 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 will be all over in about thirty in about thirty days rather than taking up forever. Uh, and uh, often, uh, the only people who get paid paid are the insolvency practitioners, and everybody else loses loses everything. So, in a nutshell, that's the that's the difference. But what we're trying to aim at here is a system where um, small businesses get a chance to turn around, you know, and, that we and restructure. And let's face it, when you're talking about small businesses, what you've got is um, a lot of small businesses are the creditors to so those small businesses who are going out of business. So we keep the cash flow within that small business economy and that's quite important as well. And we call it early, Alexi. That's the important bit. Often small businesses just go, oh, you know, put it off, put it off, put it off. By the time they realise that you can't put it off any longer... Um, you know, it's really it's really too late. And this situation got worse this year, fascinatingly. We're about 60% down in the number of, of, of insolvencies this year, so less, 60% less insolvencies than in a normal year. And the reason for that is the government uh, um, put in place what's called safe harbour provisions, which uh, made it much more difficult for creditors to take action against a creditor and made it... Um, made it not illegal to trade insolvent. Now, those particular um, rules, which I won't go into in depth, but I could if you wanted me to, um, are um, finished on the on the thirty first of December. This these new insolvency approaches start on the first of January. So, when the current safe harbour scenarios finish, um, and if your business is trading insolvent you desperately need now to go and see your accountant or financial advisor. You know, it's important to have a plan in place because once the the, uh, the safe harbour provisions fall over, you can no longer trade um, insolvent. Creditors, you, you, you no longer have to have a creditor worth $20,000 to take action. At the moment, you just have to $20,000 and you've got six months to pay. It'll go back to $2,000 and 21 days to pay. So that so cushion is gone, what we used to the have. The cushion will go from the 31st of December, mm. but these new approaches come in from the 1st of January. And so it's, you know, if your business is in trouble, and, you know, a recent study, I think, by um, PricewaterhouseCoopers um, suggested that there were 240,000 small businesses in Australia that are at risk at the moment, and I just want to see all of those businesses turn around, not go down the down the plug hole, um, which is always a bit of a chance here. So, really, really important. And I know 
um, businesses will struggle with this. Uh, you need to go and see your accountant now. We've tried to convince the government and we'll keep trying to make up to $5,000 available to help small businesses go and get a viability assessment yes. with their uh, accountant or, or um, certified bookkeeper, financial advisor. The government hasn't come to the party on that one yet, but we think it's real a really important first step for this whole for all of these issues that are that are floating to the surface at the moment. You're right, because the reality is businesses avoid speaking to their advisors because they're concerned about how much it's going to cost them. But everyone needs to consider A, we're heading into Christmas and the break. So you need to yeah. get on top of this sooner rather than later because yeah. by the time the 31st comes along, everybody's not available. And secondly, this will cost you more in the long run if you don't get good advice, as, as we know. It's really great to hear that you're on side with the um, with the grants that might be available or whatever way mechanism they use to make sure that we can access good advice because that's really important because that's what small businesses avoid in some ways. Um, and look, at the moment, so many small businesses will tell you and me and everyone else that, you know, every last dollar is going into keeping their, their business afloat. So I thought that they'd be up for, you know, a number of thousands of dollars from their accountant or bookkeeper, you know, to put together a full cash flow to really have a look at the, uh, you know, the viability of their business is, is something that is very easy to put off, you know, because you've got so many other pressing issues on your plate right now. So I really believe it's something the government needs to think about really seriously. In fact, needs to do, not think about, do it. Um, but um, but even without that at the moment, I'm still urging small businesses to uh, to sit down with their trusted financial advisor and, and have a look at the underlying viability of the business and whether the business does need a real restructure to keep it afloat. After the 31st of December, when you can no longer trade insolvent when creditors, creditors you only owe $2,000 can take action against you, you know, um, which means that, and that's very hard to pull out yeah. once you've got action. So the key uh, takeaway from that one is, is you know, really uh, be mindful of, of timing and, and get onto it sooner rather than later if you've got any inkling or concerns about your viability as running a business after the 31st of December. Let's talk about um, access to funding. So in September, the Federal Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, revealed a plan to overhaul current lending laws aimed at removing onerous barriers to small businesses applying for loans. You speak to any small business owner out there or any advisor or anybody involved with finance at all and they'll tell you, that didn't work. <laughs> so no. what's happening when it comes to access to funding? Because it's like the left hand's not talking to the right hand right now. Um, Alexi, you know, the thing that fascinates me and anyone who was listening, you know, to any ABC um, or news this morning would have got serious pushback from um, the consumer sector on the uh, removing of responsible lending obligations from the national Consumer Credit Protection Act, which is what Josh was, Josh, the Treasurer was talking about. Um, the reason that he is suggesting that, and that's not taking away all of the protections, not by any stretch, but what's happened is the pendulum has swung far too far the other way, and now the requirement that the banks have to put responsible lending, in other words, to ensure that they're lending to people who can pay it back are so onerous that they're almost impossible to navigate for a small business. We ended up last week with a, um, a complaint from an accountant who's been in business for 20 years, so knows the space really well, 
who was trying to buy a new commercial premises. He was using a broker. And he sent me the list of the things that the bank wanted. There was 50 different documents required. Now, that seems impossible, but it wasn't impossible. Um, so what we're seeing at the moment is small businesses being sucked in to the responsible lending requirements for consumers because that's where where we sit. Um, and the so the requirements for consumers, like how much did you spend on takeaway, how many much Netflix did you watch, and all of that stuff is in the small business space um, as well. And so the requirements are just onerous to the nth degree and what small businesses are telling us and brokers are telling us that you know unless you almost unless you don't need a loan because you've got the money you're just deciding you probably get a loan instead of using your money um you you will struggle to to get the the financing you need and remember that when job keeper finishes at, at the end of march um, there'll be a lot of businesses that will need access to, to capital. I, lots need it, need it now, but there'll be lots more that need it then. Um, businesses that are just coming back but aren't there yet will need access to capital, might be line of credit, might be an overdraft, might be a loan. Um, but, you know, um, and it needs to, well, we need, to, we really, really need these, these laws changed. Are you to, looking... Could I ask you, are you looking for a differentiation between what is considered a personal, um, what the personal requirements are versus what a small business requirements should be? And then once we've got that differentiation, we fall into a different category. Therefore, the requirements are not so onerous. I think that's the simplest way to go. As you know, though, um, and that's what what we're talking about. Um, But as we know, of the 2.2 million small businesses, about 1.4 million are unincorporated. Their partnerships, their sole traders, their you know various forms of operations, but they're not incorporated, and so in reality, the difference separating them, um, unincorporated small businesses from consumers, is actually quite a fuzzy, a fuzzy line. But uh, but I think it's possible to do it. You know, businesses have ABNs. Um, they you know they are trading as ABNs. There's a whole lot of requirements for for businesses, whether they're incorporated or not, to have activity statements and uh, um, and comply with, uh, with various requirements. So I think it's possible. The problem is at the moment the National Consumer Credit Protection Act um, has, you know, does incorporate in the current way, the current way it works, consumers and, um, and small businesses, which is a huge problem. Mm. Uh, but it's something that we're really, really focused on. It's at, amazing at how moment. many of these things come back down to what is the definition of a small business, really. That's, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And really, uh, to me, uh, if, I, if I could just speak about what my opinion is, I think we should be throwing everybody into a room, lock the door and say, right, when you, you can come out when you've decided exactly what a small business is because the definition is something we're going to be talking about with Trent Innes after the, after the break at 9.30 today because he's got some right. interesting thoughts about that with Small Business Insights. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. 
Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times, survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. I want to ask you, where does, um, speaking of funding, where does the Business Growth Fund fit in all of this? Okay, look, the Business Growth Fund was, uh, was a recommendation of ours, actually, as were the, the, the insolvency changes. You know, <laughs> Funny that. Please, we're getting a few things up. This is great. But, uh, look, the, the um, Business Growth Fund is aimed at a particular group of businesses which have always fallen through the cracks, and they're the fast-growing um, SMEs that have turnovers between two million and a hundred million. Um, they're not startups, and they're not big yet. I mean, once you get to hundred million, you're getting bigger, but you're, you're you're growing quickly. But access to capital is a huge problem at that le- at that level because you you know you don't have a lot of assets. You everything's going back into the business, uh, and they need greater amounts of capital. So. It's for long-term equity investment between five million and fifteen million. Um, the and when we talk about equity, it is an equity investment, but it's um, less than forty percent. So you know, not controlling um, uh, amounts by by any share any um, scenario. In fact, between ten and forty percent uh, normally. The um, it's been put together with a um, a joint approach between the federal government. Um, and the big four banks and Macquarie and HSB, it's $540 million. Um, and the, I think there's an ambition to grow that to a billion dollars and to have a capacity for those fast growth SMEs. You know, you'll need to show three years of revenue. You'll need to show you're profitable so that, you know, this isn't a cash, this isn't sort of a, a loan for somebody for a struggling business or whatever. But we desperately need those businesses that are that are doing well to be able to get access to affordable capital. Um, and the good bit about this is the equity bit means you get have access to advice as well. Right. From smart, you know, from from the banks, from the Macquaries of the world, from others that, you know, can really help you. Um, get to that next phase in your in your business. Um, if anyone wants to find out more, just um, if they just Google the Business Growth Fund, they'll 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 get more information. Um, it exists in the UK and in Canada, so we didn't make it up. Um, the UK. I was I was going to ask. It sounds a little bit like what they've been doing in the UK um, in it the is. last few years to support that those fast-paced growths, particularly in I'm not going to say just tech because obviously innovation lives mm. everywhere, but those fast-paced um, growth uh, businesses. That's yeah. what it's and and bis- businesses tell us once you move past startup, there's this gap, you know, where unless you're the sort of business that the private equity guys are interested in, and that means that they can. You, know, you can grow incredibly quickly and they can sell within three to five years because that's that's their business model. For lots of businesses, that isn't their model and they don't want to lose control of their business either. Mm. So this gives a – this is more long-term than – you know, it is long-term um, and it really gives those businesses an opportunity to flourish. 
Yeah. Oh, that's it, it is very exciting. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's good that we can see that it's existed and worked because I've spoken to a number of fintechs and they've said it's it's disappointing that we don't have the same opportunities in Australia that, that they do in the UK because we can see that opportunity for growth. So this is this is a really good change, which is which is great. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you today, we've got a a bit of an exclusive. We have um, spoken in the past about the Business Funding Guide. This is an incredibly useful document um, that you've released in partnership with Scottish Pacific Finance, and it's all about helping businesses to become financially fit. So, um, firstly, give me a quick overview on what the Business Funding Guide is and what's um, happening We are launching our updated document this morning on your show. Fantastic. This is the first time it's been outside anywhere we haven't put out the press release yet we'll do that after this so it's a it's a it's an exclusive but look what we've done is we've had a business funding guide for a while but COVID's changed the world we know that it's changed certainly changed funding requirements and you know the things that small business need this is aimed at well anyone really but also but financial advisors as well because it's really hard for them to be totally up to speed about on everything that exists in this space. But there's, there's, but fundamentally what it does is it helps a small business know what, what they've got to do to be finance fit, we'll call it. So how do you get your, what does your business need to look like to be able to get uh, the sort of finance you need? You know, what do you need to do to be ready? What preparation do you need? Um, we've got a, a finance fit checklist which has things on it like get your business accounts in order, create an update on your business plan, review about your, your, your um, profit and loss, you know, create monthly cash flow forecasts to so you show you can pay it back. I could go on, check your PPSR, your personal um, um, property uh, securities register because the bank or the lending institution will, you know, make sure you're up to date with the ATO. So it's got all those things and it explains a little bit about what you need to do uh, with each of those things. But then it's all got a whole lot of scenarios as well, like if you're investing in new equipment, what will that look like? What are your options? If you're buying out a partner, what does that look like? What are the options? Um, If you have, we call it a, you know, an uh, um, aha moment, which is um, quite the opposite from a, um, it's really the oh no moment where the coffee machine breaks and you need something really quickly. Uh, so what are your what are your, off, your your options in that scenario? But it um, but we've also got um, a um, a run through of all the different sorts of funding that's available. You know, sort of a bank loan, and we've got advantages beware of, best for type in every one of these. So what are the advantages? What are you what should be worried about? What sort of things is it best to use a bank loan? Then a bank overdraft, a business credit card, an equipment finance, leasing, you know, export finance, um, uh, floor plan finance, uh, invoice finance, merchant cash advance. Um, so, so this so is a really fantastic starting point. I mean, I'm just envisaging all those small businesses who really go... So what does it mean when I go for a business loan as opposed to a loan that I'm used to, like a car loan? This is really great because it gives them that basics and what the advantages and disadvantages are. Look, that's that's really what we've we've attempted to do. And I know that sometimes people approach small businesses and say, we've got this great deal for you. We've got, you know, a supply chain financing gig and what it'll mean, you'll get paid really, really quickly um, and it really won't cost you much. And so all you've got to do is sign here. 
Um, what this does is you can go and have a look and it's really short. So we're not giving you bucket loads of stuff to read because, oh, yeah, as you know, I ran my own businesses for a long time. Everything that was bucket loads to read went in the, um, oh, yeah, I'll get around to that file. Um, and that became the dustbin after a while. Um, so what it does is it says, okay, so what is supply chain uh, finance? What are the advantages? What do you beware of? What's it best for? Mm. And so, you know, um, you can see, um, you know, in a, in a nutshell what these different sorts of financing are for, you know, um, trade financing, online small business loans. Now, that's something that's only happened you know, in the last few years, re, re, um, really, but it does tell you what what they're good for, what they're not good for, what you know, what you should be aware of, and and so on. There's a decision flow chart, you know. So I'm looking for finance. What do I do? You know, really nice one pager, um, and you know, then there's a you know a, a bit of a, a a one pager with matrix. Where am I up to? I'm a startup or a I'm pre-trading. Here are the sorts of things that might work. I'm trading, but not not yet profitable. Here are the things that might work. You know, it goes through those things. It's it's a it's a short document, and again, short document, not very long. Um, but um, we we think that um, access to finance, you know, is pretty fundamental, um, and it will be fundamental next year. For lots of businesses, when again JobKeeper, other government support come off, uh, and the business is starting to go better, but it's not there yet. So you're starting to put a lot of things in place in terms of education, in terms of um, you know the, the small business, uh, the, the the business growth fund for those who are growing fast. That you need to apply for that, and of course the access to funding. There's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that you're you're. Aspifio is putting into place now, like you said, for that time in preparation for when the government funding does cease. And we all need to be ready for that. It's not that far away. It's not that far away. You know, the the getting rid of the safe harbour um, um, support, you know, for insolvency scenarios is, you know, 31st of December. And if you think about it, an awful lot of small businesses would still be trading insolvent if, yeah. they, if all of their debts were, you know, were, were payable now. Um, fundamentally because they haven't been open, you know, and so you can really understand why. So it's it's important to plan for this for next year and to look at what the options are and to be well-informed. Indeed. Uh, and I have to say, have a, a, real, a, a real cash flow and a viability assessment of your business and keep pushing the government to make some money available for that. But if you do have the money um, available, I just urge everybody to go and get a viability assessment stroke cash flow for what's going to happen next year when all of these different things, um, you know, go off the radar. And I suppose we've all got to be a bit ready for what could happen, you know, if we were required to close for a period of time again. Hopefully it'll be short periods of time, you know, the little cluster or whatever. But um, as we know in, in COVID normal, whatever that is, um, we have to understand that from time to time, you know, there might be a breakout locally. We may have to close, mm. you know, for a, for a few days again. Um, and so we have to be ready ready and uh, able to deal with that. That's right. Be ready, be educated and make sure you've got all the information at hand. Speaking of which, Kate, where can everybody find all this fantastic information? 
Um, it's on our website, which is the Australian Small Business Family Family Enterprise Ombudsman, asbfeo.gov.au. Yes, I have the world's worst name. <laughs> I fully accept that, but I didn't choose it, I promise. Well, thank uh, you for everything you're doing. on our website, doing. It's, all, it's, it's all there. Uh, and uh, if you've got any questions on our website as well, we have a phone number and you get to talk to a real person. So you can ask uh, any questions you like and uh, I promise you'll get to speak to someone. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing for small business, not only for advocating for us, but listening and also actually implementing change like we've never had before. Thank you again, Kate. Now, if you've just joined us, you can, of course, catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au where we've got over 180 podcasts to listen to, just like this one. Join us after the break. We've got another fantastic guest. We'll be joined by Trent Innes, the Managing Director of Zero. He's going to be speaking to us about the role of Zero's small business insights and advocacy for small business. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. This week's episode was proudly broadcast from Triple H Studios in Sydney, Australia and sponsored by the Office of the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. If you've enjoyed listening, go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform. It would be much appreciated. Then head to the Small Biz Matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes, read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner. See you all next time.